Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, boy. Oh, oh boy. boy. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. I got to get the mic over. Oh, okay. 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 Like it. All right. Just about here. Okay. All right. <laughs> <coughs> Hi, Merlin. Hi, John. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hello? <clears throat> Hang on. Take two. Wait a minute. anxiety noises i uh, i'm a very compelling figure around the house do you ah, ah. oh those those ah. not you don't feel like mm. you oh, go, oh uh-huh. i still do that i still make the dustin hoffman noise sometimes i still go mm. Mm. <sighs> man I, uh, yesterday oh go ahead sorry go ahead. let's no, start no, you ready to start i got a i got a bump on my finger you got a bump on your finger what bump what finger well, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, you may recall, mm-hmm. I, I uh, broke uh, one of my fingers. Yeah, on some fool's face. Yeah. Uh, the, my first my first finger, my index finger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always, I can't say that it plagues me, but it's it's always a little bit, you know, it's a little different, let's say. Oh, it's, yeah. diff- it's different now. Yep. Anyway, uh, the other day, it, it made a, just, just yesterday, I think, maybe the day before, Kind of bothered me. It kind, of, it kind of had a little bit of a pain that came out of it, and I was monkeying with it and trying to figure out what the what's the, what's the pain. It was a little bit of a sharp pain, hmm. and then I noticed uh, down in between the two fingers, so what you would call, I guess, the crotch of the fingers. Oh yeah, like the, yeah, where you scissor them. Yeah, that's right. That's like right. A little, where you scissor a little like a finger pocket. Like a finger pocket mm-hmm. down in there on the first finger side. There's a bump. <clears throat> and now I'm checking. <clears throat> it's a okay. bump. It's not on the other finger at all. There's no bump over there. Okay. There's a bump. It's a little bit of a, it's like a hard bump. Okay. And it Ooh. hurts. Ooh. It hurts. And it also is contributing to pain that feels unrelated to it. Like uh like my like the finger hurts elsewhere. Hmm. And so I was like, that doesn't seem like a good thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so my friend here said uh, that it was a, some kind of cyst, like a um, hyperbarian cyst. Or okay, a, okay. Uh, or so, so, a, a tar- so, so subcutaneous? It's a, it's a Targaryen cyst. Okay, okay, all right. Um, 
I'm not sure what kind. There's a couple of kinds. There's a <clears throat> there's a there's the one you just said. Mm-hmm. Sebaceous. There's the sebaceous. sebaceous oh, sense. sebaceous. Okay. But I, but this isn't that kind. This is a different kind that that ha- that appears in your hands. Skin has a lot of skin. First of all, skin. Let's get this out of the way. Skin's the largest organ on your body. Okay. All right. Your butt. Your butt's I'm, your biggest muscle. I'm listening. And so, what I know about skin is uh, that, and I also know that skin has layers to it. Oh, okay. So you get you get you a zit type uh, thing. You know, a little yeah. zit zit kind of wound. That's going to be on your top layer of the skin. Most skin zit. It might go further. It might have roots. You get something like a wart. That strikes me that a wart is something that goes a little deeper. I'm getting here from you that this this is going to be in one of those deeper skin layers. You feel it further did, down in the pocket. Did you get warts when you were at any point in your life? I have something that I think is like a wart, and I, I never even remember where it is. That's just maybe. The short answer is no. Never got them. Oh. I don't. Yeah. I don't get. I don't get a lot of skin tags. I have other kinds of skin things, but uh, I don't know. I, I was never a wart person. Um, I think I might have one, but but you can feel by by feel when you feel by feel, you can feel when something feels like it's at a deeper layer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I <clears throat> I used to get warts. Okay. I had a couple of them burned off when I was in elementary school. I had one on my thumb, a big one. And like you say, they have uh, roots. They feel like they go, the roots go all the way down into your, and what I realized when I was, because I was a little bit of a, you know, like a little bit of a picker. Maybe I hadn't, I hadn't blown, I hadn't grown up to be yet a full grown. We're both, we're both definitely uh, hobbyists at this. Yeah. Yeah, At least, at least. I mean, I'm at like a ham radio level of popping a cold sore thanks to you. Mm-hmm. I know how to get in there with the needle <laughs> and the rubbing but, uh, alcohol in, in a secure environment. In the case of the uh, stress, in the bump, case sorry, of the stress bump, wart, stress, stress bump. That's mm-hmm. right. In the case of the wart, I okay. realized that you could put pins in it all day, mm-hmm. and you didn't feel it because it was hmm. a wart. It wasn't. It didn't have nerves hmm. in the same way that you know, like your nose does. Yeah, or like an eyelid. And so, yeah, or an eyelid. So I would sit and. And use it as a pin cushion. I would I would fill it full of pins because okay. this is fi- fifth and sixth grade back when you when they would give kids pins. Yeah, what's your changing body? You're you're acquainting yourself. Right. That's yeah. right. Exactly. It's like body modification. Mm-hmm. And I would just I would monkey with this thing. I had pins in it. I would slice it and dice it. Yeah. Eventually, it got burned off. But then when you I started, slice off part you know, of a wart or otherwise wound it with a needle. Is it like a? Is it like a? Like does it grow back? Does it? Is there something yes. in your DNA that knows this wart needs to be here and it can recreate it from scratch? It grows again. Grows you again. can slice the, the roots. Whole, is that because of the roots? It must be the roots. Oh man! You can slice a whole wart off, as big as a pencil eraser, mm-hmm. and mm. they're very unusual. You look at them and they kind of look like I don't know. They have a kind of uh, cellular structure that looks like a mushroom or something. You know, it's got okay. like. It's got a different kind of yeah. Like uh, when you're looking at the it. the stump, mm. is it is it is it like bloody? Well, if you cut it too deep, okay. it'll it'll start to bleed because of all the but, layers. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can't you can't cut out the root yourself, but it looks like a labor canoodle a little bit. You a know? what? A labor canoodle. Oh, uh, that's like a liver um, a liver meatball, oh. a li- liver ball, li- oh. liver canoodle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But um, but mm. you can't cut the root out 
yourself. What you have to do is burn or poison the root, which I learned when I would go to the doctor and they would put like hydrochloric acid on it or whatever. It would sit and smoke. That was oh, always fun too. Oh my God. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So they would they burned it out. Eventually, I don't get I don't get warts anymore, but I do get skin tags mm-hmm. and moles and stuff. My dad yeah. had those. Yeah, I've had a couple of skin tags removed. One of them in a private area. You had a private skin tag. A skin well, tag that's for thing, money, huh? If, if you if you go on if you go online and you say, "Can I take this skin tag off yourself?" <laughs> Uh, the online says for the most part, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead, snip your skin tags off if you don't <laughs> mind bleeding all over. But they said the one exception is if oh. you, if you have a skin tag in a private area. Okay. They said, don't mess around with those. Go to the doctor. Do you go to the same kind of dermatologist? Is that an in-office procedure? Do you have to go to a, to a, to a, to a private, let's be honest, we're talking about the front or the back. Is it, is it on the, uh, okay, it's on your, it's on your, well, like, uh, no, on your money maker, on your money maker. No, no, not on it, but you know, in the, in the vicinity. Oh, it's in your, it. But it is in your bathing suit area. In the bathing suit area. Okay. And I was at a dermatologist for a separate, uh, for a separate procedure, something else. I don't even remember what it was. Maybe I was getting a tattoo removed or something. <laughs> and, uh, I was there and she said, anything else bothering you? And I mm-hmm. said, well, well, actually. You got a minute? <laughs> I've got this skin tag and you know I've got I get those and they don't bother me but yeah. this one because it's in this in this swimsuit area it yeah. does kind of bother me it gets a, you know it's like you know it's it bothers me you're going to notice and she said yeah yeah and she said oh no problem we deal with those all the time and I was like really cuz it's down in my and she was like I'm a doctor oh I was like okay yeah. so I sat on a I sat on the bench and she you know it's, I think dermatologists really in order to have that job, you have to really like snipping things off and picking things and I think that's with a, I think that's things. part of it, but I think also it, you have to have a certain morbid curiosity about grotesqueries. Mm-hmm. You're going to mm-hmm. run into a lot of stuff that your garden variety observer might find upsetting, and I think mm-hmm. I think you have to be very interested in that. Yep, yeah, she she Sh- show put, me what show me what those, you're working. Well, show me what you're working with here. You know, she had one of those little wheelie chairs, mm-hmm. and she wheeled over, and she was in her white coat, and she pulled down some sort of goggles with the you know with the like the person that was making eyeballs in in Blade Runner. Okay. And, oh yeah, I made and, your uh, eyes. Yeah, yeah. She didn't have a puffed up suit or anything. Okay. But I you know I covered uh, I covered the area that would have been you know that I I mean the Supreme Court doesn't know uh, they can't tell you what's obscene but they. Mm-hmm. Know it when they see it. Yeah, I covered that with a with a towel. Okay, okay. And then she so so she just had a view of the of the skin tag, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's whatever." She didn't compliment me on it or anything, but she um she proved your diagnosis though. Yeah, she snipped it right off, and mm. I guess put a bandaid on it. It hasn't bothered me since. Hmm. But now I have. What, did this she use thing. like a scissors for that? What did it, like a like doctor scissors? What does she? What do you, you use know, for that? You know what? I might have looked away. Yeah. I don't know. Some kind of little snipper. Okay. I'm not sure. It's if she got it from her, her doctor bag. <laughs> okay. She, she reached in and, and some steam came out and a yellow glow. And <laughs> it was Marcellus Wallace's soul. So anyway, were you sitting on the bench with the paper on it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. Well, because I was already there for another for another thing. Okay. I don't remember what the other thing was. You wouldn't though. have it gone was, uh, just for this. No, no, no. no. I'm, not, I'm not the type of person that's going to go for a skin. You're not tag. a vain man. No. Mm-hmm. No. 
um, but and also, but you know, it was discomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> sort of like that bump that was on my head. It was there for years. I didn't do anything about it until it finally got uncomfortable, and then I had the. Then I was at the doctor for a completely separate reason, and I said, you know, he said, is there anything else? And I was like, well, there's a bump on my head. Mm-hmm. And he went and started monkeying around up there, and he was like, "Oh yes," and this was a sebaceous cyst. Yeah. He was like, "Oh, I, I can deal with this. I can do it's, this. Is an in-office procedure." And I was like, "Really? Yeah, I've like, had this yeah, thing right, for like, like give me a hard one, right? Like this is this yeah, one I got right. sebaceous cyst. I can do." But I was like, I, "I've had this thing for nine years. You mean every time I go to the doctor, I could have just said something?" And he was like, "Oh, you know, nurse, get my stethoscope or whatever." And he runs out, and she comes in, and they they prep me for surgery. And he comes back in wearing his, you know, lab coat and his white gloves. And they cut me right open and pulled this whole, I mean, it was, you know, basically it ended up being about the size of a banana. Um, <laughs> when you get to the roots. Because <laughs> you have to get to the roots. But it, but it, yeah. feel, it feels great. I'm so glad I got it. I got that taken away. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm looking at, uh, you know, I, we've talked, I think we've talked about this before. When you go and you search for your ailments on, yeah. on the Google, sometimes you'll get an image. And they have an image here oh, yeah. of a man. It says here, a sebaceous cyst, also known as a WEN, W-E-N, is a small, slow-growing bump that's uh, usually self-diagnosable. And uh, there's more than 3 million cases a year in the United States. Yes, yes, I was one. I was one of those. You were one that, of you those. Know, that, that puts me in the 1%, right? It can that's... develop as a result of trauma or blocked glands. Well, I think it's tra- probably trauma in my case. Yeah, well, you know, my, my intestinal disorder uh, comes from unresolved trauma. Oh, is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have a chronic, as you know, I have a chronic yes. intestinal disorder that's been in remission for years. Knock on stolen desk, but uh, yeah, are. yeah, and it's 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 usually only uh, Eastern European Jews get it. So, oh. you know, I'm a little bit what they call oh. a corner case, but they say it comes. You don't from think it's a blocked trauma. plant? I don't know. I did used to go to the bathroom a lot. I remember. Yeah, yeah. It was kind um, of. It was like one of your. It was kind of my bit. Yeah, it was sort of my. It was kind of my my deal. Yeah, <laughs> I had basically for several years. I had a. About a 20-second window in life. Anytime someone asked you a question, you would say, Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Another way I feel great kinship with two-thirds of the McElroys is it, for many years, anytime I went in or anywhere, the very first thing I did was explore what the bathroom situation was like. What's the... At, yeah, with a path. Like, first, Am let I going to be able on, to stay here? <laughs> if we're going to sit in the banquette, I need to be on the side, the outside, the corner, or the um, I need the aisle seat on the banquette. Because I may need to beat a hasty retreat to the men's. Right. But I've never had a cyst. A cyst. Well, so, oh, so, do they drain so I, it? I, when do they, is it well, drained? Oh, oh, the one, well, so the one in my head, the sebaceous one. Now, this is a terrible story. And okay. you know, there are people, and I think you know this already. Yeah. But there are people that go online and watch videos of people popping their pimples. Yeah. In fact, on Shark Tank, uh, there was some folks that came on where you could buy a pimple popping uh, uh, product. <laughs> You could uh, pop uh, make believe pimples. I don't remember if it got funded. That, that, that seems well, like a good fit for Lori. It wasn't real. It was fake pimples. You pop a f- fake pimple and it's refillable. It's, I think it's Ooh. the Polaroid or the Gillette model of pimple Ooh. popping product. And yeah, so you you know you uh, you know major twice cut once. You can do that right. now. I don't know if you, they probably. I should find out. Can you have a home cyst draining <laughs> system? Well, so a system. That's problem, what it's called. C Y S T E M. System. That's wonderful. Copyright that immediately. T M T M T M. 
Um, I, uh, I went in and I was like, but you know, by the time that I had my sebaceous cyst dealt with, it had the, it had, it felt like it was made out of what? Spongy? Um, kind of spongy? No, it was like, it felt like there was a mouse under my skull. Okay. Under my hair, under my hair, a mouse. A small you got mouse. a hair, a little hair mouse. Yeah. A little ma- Well, it was a mouse under the hair. I don't know what it was made of. Okay. I see. So, so, but it was making it uncomfortable to wear hats, although I don't wear hats. But it, when I would put on a hat, I'd be like, ow. What are you talking about? You wear hats. You got a Stetson. Yeah, I wear it around the house, but it's not like I'm a... Oh, you're not, but you're you not a, like a hat guy. No, I'm not going to like go out out in, out in the world like Dan Benjamin wearing a hat. No, that's not going to happen. You had that cool chick um, magnet hat for a while. Oh, see, I did like that hat. I don't know where that hat is. See, I you, you were in that. front of so many things that became, how does one say, hipster cliches. But you were there first. You, well, you had a wallet chain because you needed one. You carried a lot of cash. Yeah, that's that. right. You weren't even into ska, and you had one. And nope. then you had your chick magnet hat. Uh, it was a, a trucker cap that you had. Yeah. Long yeah. time long time before that became a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, although no one ever had a chick magnet hat. That was my... No. Oh, that was... No. I really... I, that would open a lot of doors. It's, a, it's like the Macklemore haircut. You know, if... Uh, mm-hmm. Now everybody's doing it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Everybody's well, a Nazi. Undercut? You Ooh. don't do undercut? You don't see an undercut? So what it's called undercut? Oh no, I see those. But who wears a trucker hat anymore? Oh Only truckers. yeah, no, nah, or maybe people who are into ska. But but you truckers uh, hats? I don't know. Anyway. I, I mean, you, you. I don't think. I think hats are. We're going through another one of these moments, and I, I, this is very quick. But I think we're going through another one of those moments. You know, like the John Kennedy thing, where mm-hmm. you're not seeing uh, as many hats, or or you got Clark Gable with undershirts. Like he he single handedly, supposedly he single handedly. Killed the undershirt industry. In, I see what uh, you're saying. Because he took off his shirt and he didn't have an undershirt on it. And people said, I want to be like Clark Gable. Look at that guy. He's getting more tail than Sinatra. Vavoom. Vavoom. They probably, probably didn't say Sinatra. They probably say he's getting more tail than, say, Rudy Valley. Yeah, he's getting more. Well, <laughs> probably not Rudy Valley. They well, probably said he's getting more tail than uh, than John F. Kennedy. When's the, when's the last? Well, we're talking 1939. When's the last time oh. you saw somebody walking around with a megaphone? <laughs> You know, let's see who would have been getting the most tail. They used to get more tail than Benny Goodman. Benny, Benny Goodman. Oh, sing, yeah, sing, sing. Pull, yes, yes, yes. There should be a doctor. Anyway, there should be a doctor that you can go to that's just for stuff like this. They are not allowed to ask you any questions about your health. They only, you walk in and it would be like getting, so here's the thing. When you go in and you got a problem with that, your catalytic converter, they don't say, have you considered buying a Tesla? They fix your goddamn converter, right? right. I want a doctor where I go in. Well, I just, the thing is, that's a different business. They're not in the business of talking you into a new Buick or similar. I like Mm. the idea of of a healthcare, it doesn't have to be a doctor. It could just be a very talented uh, registered nurse but somebody or a uh, nurse practitioner, which uh, that's like a lieutenant colonel for doctors, right? Well, but nurse practitioners ask you about your health. They See, that, know more about your health than you do. There should be a place like Jack in the Box or similar where I can go in and just take care of all of the things that you're talking about. Well, this is the thing I'm worried about, though, mm-hmm. because in the case of the sebaceous cyst. <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that was a wonderful Hardy Boys book. Uh, <clears throat> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by Keeps. You can learn more about Keeps right now by visiting keeps.com. 
slash supertrain. Losing hair sucks, and two out of three of you fellas will experience hair loss by the time you're 35. Introducing Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair you have. These FDA-approved products used to cost so much, but now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to get. For five minutes now, and starting at just $10 per month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Getting started with Keeps is so easy. Signing up takes less than five minutes. You just answer a few questions and snap some photos of your hair. A licensed physician will review your information online and recommend the right treatment for you. Then it's shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. Some of you have probably tried them before, but you've probably never gotten them for this price. Keeps' treatments are up to 90% effective at reducing and stopping further hair loss. Some men do experience hair regrowth, and at best, men will get back up to 20% of the hair they lost. Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month free. It's one heck of a deal for getting to keep your hair. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors, and nearly 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. If you suffer from hair loss, the last thing you need is to wait to see a doctor. With Keeps, there is finally a way to get the help you need when you need it. For a limited time, receive your first month of treatment for free. You go to keeps.com slash supertrain. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash supertrain. Get a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash supertrain. Keeps, hair today, hair tomorrow. Our thanks to Keeps for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. I had... I had talked to several doctors over the years where I said, I have this thing on my head and they touched it and they were like, Oh, it's a sebaceous cyst. And the, the thing is none of them ever said I can take that out right now. It's an in-office procedure. Huh? They, they all said it's a sebaceous cyst. If it isn't bothering you, it's not a problem. And of course, when presented with a challenge like that, like I'm an American male, yeah. I said, it's not bothering me. Hmm. And they were like, fine. Anyway, have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Now, what they what they did was they missed their opportunity to charge me fifteen hundred dollars or whatever. Yeah, because they because they phrased it like if it's bothering you, we can take it off. Well, hmm. for the thing to have to for the thing to rise up to the level where it was bothering me, like at that point to say it's bothering me, I would ne- I wouldn't have done. I needed to. I need. I, not only wasn't it's not, bothering it's not me, very, it's I, not a very masculine thing to do. I barely even noticed it. Are no. you kidding? Yeah, I'm fine. I could I'm have, good. Yeah, I could have forty of them on my head, and it wouldn't bother me. Head mouse doesn't bother me. No sir. And so the doctors were like, "Sebaceous cyst." Anyway, and the fact that they were so blasé about it mm-hmm. meant that I felt even more blasé about it. Oh, sebaceous cyst. <laughs> yeah. And it, so it took me, you know, eight years to build up the, to build up enough feeling about it. Yeah. Where I was finally like, this bothers me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Having a mouse under my s- scalp mm-hmm. <laughs> has, and I think when I said it to the doctor, I was like, it's just started to bother me. Yeah, It's been there for a long time. It's just started to bother me. The, the scalp, the scalp mouse is a small concern. It's not, it's not going to be, it's not a deal breaker. It's not the kind right. of thing where I'm going to go to the, uh, they say ER, now they say ED. Um, I'm not going to go check myself in at the ER or ED, which I think also What's means direction. E- what, is, what is ED? See, now my lady who works at a medical school, she says ED. The same what way that, that now mean? we don't say patients, we say clients. 
It's like uh, ED is emergency department. That's that's the more proper use. I I also learned what? from Doctor Don that we don't say STD anymore. We now say STI. You say sexually transmitted infection, which I think is what? a nice distinction. Yeah, they have to change a lot of books. Not an infection, or it's an infection, not a disease. We don't say STD anymore. Now we say STI. STI. We yeah. don't say uh, DMV. We say DM. Oh, what do we say? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, sure. DM. Yeah, because it's so that? much more now. We got kiosks now. They're working on a whole thing now. That they have this the super driver's license you got to get. I know you already have the super driver's license, but they had to bring in uh, some. Uh, Gavin Newsom had to bring in some kind of Silicon Valley brain trust to come up with a way to make the DM. Well, what we used to call the DMV tolerable in this time of needing the super driver's license. So I think they got kiosks now. Oh, they also STI kiosks. sounds like sty, which is also a skin thing. Oh no, I wasn't thinking of DMVs. I was thinking of DWIs. Oh, we used to say yes. it was D. What D, was what was the other D, one? D, oh, DUI. DUI driving and, under the influence, and now they yeah, changed and we that. Said, driving. No, we used to say DWI, which was driving while wow. intoxicated. Right. And then it was DUI driving under the influence. And it was like, well, come on. And before that, we mean? would say drunk driving. Drunk driving. Let's call it what it is. Yeah. And then you drug, get, you get drunk mad. Drunk driving. Mad is mothers against drunk driving. And then a bunch of smarty pants came out with uh, Damn, which is drunks against mad mothers. So it's a recursion. <laughs> bow, 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 bow. Yeah. Well, the problem with this thing on my finger, though, is that I don't know. If, so I've been I've been uh, diagnosed by my friend with a ganglion cyst. Now, the first thing Ooh. that you Ooh. figure out okay. when you read a ganglion cyst okay. is it says ganglion cysts are non-cancerous lumps Ooh. that develop in your wrists and hands. Oh. And oh. then it says oh, they can be pea-sized, which this is about. It's well, about it's Google's like a, pretty big, and it's also called a Bible cyst. Well, this one is this Ooh. one is a small P. Okay. It's not a big P. Okay, good. Like a, uh, like a little sewer P. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if it were under my mattress, I would feel it. Okay. Yes. This this says ganglion cysts can be painful if they press on a nearby nerve. Well, that seems mm. like what it is. And then it says if your ganglion cyst is causing you problems, your doctor may suggest trying to drain the cyst with a needle. Okay. It often clears on its own if troublesome. See, what is all these weasel words? Just tell me, is this a thing I need to do? If troublesome, it can be drained or removed. So if you want to keep it, if you like, if you're like, it's like Obama (laughs) says, if you like your ganglion cyst, you can keep it. And then Mm -hmm. you keep it, but drain it. So I guess they just make it manageable. Well, so I knew a guy in high school who had a ganglion cyst on his wrist but it was big. It was the, It was bigger than a pea. It was the size of a mouse, basically. Yeah, this one on Google looks like a robin's egg. Right. Well, this one was big. It stuck way up out, off of his wrist. Like a chicken, like was, a chicken egg? No, it wasn't that big. But okay. it probably was the size of a robin egg, you okay. know, sticking up. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, sure. And so, and at the time, it was like, wow, that's really, uh, that's crazy. And he ended up getting a cyst on his neck that had to be surgically removed. And he's got a big scar that looks like, you know, he was in a sword fight. Oh, no. But when he, he has a dueling oh, scar? He does. Yeah, Shit, but dog. Gnarly one. But wow. this one on his wrist, he it was there on his wrist, and it was, you know, it's a, in high school when somebody gets a big bump on their wrist, you kind of, maybe you're going to say, like, what's going on? But yeah. maybe also you're going to play it off, like, hey, what's up, man? Mm-hmm. You know, like, not, not say anything. Yeah. And I think we didn't say anything about this thing on his wrist that was pretty big. And then one day he was at my house, and he was like, I'm tired of this cyst. I don't even know if I knew what a cyst was. Cyst. And I was like, 
you're tired of it. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, this thing on my wrist, I'm sure you noticed. And I was like, oh, oh, oh what? Hmm. Oh. I guess. Sure. Hmm. And he said, get a book, get a big book. Okay. And I went and got like some big dictionary and he put his, he put his hand down on the desk. Like he was like a civil war guy who, who needed to have his arm amputated. Mm-hmm. And he said, hit the cyst as hard as you can with the book. Oh, that was a pivot I, was I like, wasn't expecting. And I was like, what? Okay. And he said, just slam the book down on my wrist as hard as you can. And it was, I had a big book. Mm-hmm. And because I think he said, like, get your biggest book. And I was like, did you I initially think book. he was going to be looking for uh, medical advice? No, because he didn't book? specify what the big book was. Okay. He just was like, get a big book. And I didn't know what, it, I didn't know what was happening. Okay. But anyway, so now I was given both the opportunity and the challenge that I needed to hit him as hard as I could with a book, mm-hmm. which is like not the easiest weapon. It's not a it's not a pinpoint weapon. If you're going to you know? try and do that uh, in one medical strike, you need to really you need some self knowledge and some clarity mm-hmm. and focus because you don't want to mm-hmm. be doing that repeatedly. You, you don't want nope. it to become like a Warner Brothers thing. You want it to be you want it to be like one and done, right? Right. You hit don't want to hit. The you don't want to hit him. You don't want to hit it wrong. Yeah. You know, even if you, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone was throwing a very large book at you or you were throwing a large book at something, mm-hmm. but even throwing a big book is kind of hard to, to, for the, for your attack to be successful. Like you would yeah. probably, I don't know how, I don't know what si- number of sided die you would roll. Yeah. No, I was thinking you would need, you, you might, you would need a 19 or 20 probably and, 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 yeah. and ditto for the defense unless your armor class covered books. Right. Unless exactly, you're like a, right? a librarian rogue or something. Because you, you throw the book, the book's gonna, yeah, it's it's gonna cattywampus. open up its wings you and hit, stuff. And I mean, think about you hit away. with a corner. Like I'm thinking of the very large dictionary we had when I was a kid, which probably weighed maybe you know four or five pounds, and uh, and it had real sharp corners. Now if somebody threw that at me, and the mm. corner hit. That's going to be a difficult defense. It would hurt, but the problem is, it's like the book is going. It doesn't have a. It doesn't have a constant center of gravity, right? Because it's right. gonna. The the pages are gonna open up. It's gonna be yeah. changing. It's so it's full of full words too. Yeah. But what he was saying was hit him with the flat side of the book, like a cover. Hit him with the cover. Like if you're so you're yeah. looking at the front cover, you hit with the back cover on the wrist system. We'll just see what that does. Grab the book with both hands. And raise he, he it up specified above your head. to do it hard. Is that correct? Hard. hard. He said hard. As hard as you can. Oh and, you know, he was only 17, mm-hmm. as I was, but he was one of these Alaskan types that was like, oh, I'm tired of this. We're going to fix this problem now. And I, he must have talked to somebody about this book trick, because I don't think he would have just come up with this on his own. I've heard about it since. Oh, really? But anyway, I picked up this okay. dictionary and hit him as hard as I could with the dictionary, and it Popped the cyst, not on the outside. It just popped it on the inside. What? And then it like drained away the fluid that was in it, went it back into his blood system, I guess, and it was gone. Oh, my. Oh, my he God, John. John, that's why it's called a Bible cyst. You hit it with the Bible? Holy shit. According <laughs> according to kidshealth.org, anti-inflammatory medicines can help minor pain. You, you might have heard a ganglion cyst called a Bible cyst or Bible bump. And that's because a common home remedy in the past was hitting the cyst with a Bible or other thick book to try to make the cyst rupture or pop. Well, that's what happened to me. So there was uh, not like a, there was not an alien like explosion of goo. It went nope. back into the client's body. 
went back into the client's body, whatever okay. it was. Now, that's not what happened with my sebaceous cyst. There was actually a lot of material removed from my person. Okay. But in the case of – well, so anyway, so now if I am to if I am to accept that this is a ganglion cyst inside of my finger and it's causing me discomfort mm-hmm. up to and including pain sometimes, hmm. um, but I cannot reach it with a Bible. I can't even reach it with a chick tract. I was going to say a chick tract could do it, could fit, but it doesn't have the performance characteristics of the King James. Exactly. And it's and it's in your in your little scissor pocket, which is I think going to make it very painful. Yes. Uh to, I would I could do. paper cut it to death, but it's deep in there. It's got roots. Yeah, yeah. I mean you gotta count for the roots. Well apparently there's YouTube videos of popping a ganglion cyst with a huge Bible. I'm not gonna look at that, but <laughs> Are you sure you're not? I don't see I don't look at things like that. I, I see okay. the title and I just because now my recommendations are important to me. And that's you why I don't it. I don't look at Nazis. I go into incognito mode to look at Nazis because I don't want that affecting I mean, I already get way more uh, videos about uh Disney World than I might prefer. You have some right. drinks and you learn about Disney World and pretty soon it's Disney all the way down. Right. I don't want that with with Nazis or Bible cysts. No, Jeez, no, John. No, no. I mean, so, but you are you are you reluctant? So it hasn't reached the point of the medical term is troublesome. It hasn't become troublesome enough that you would, oh God, schedule an appointment. So what's the so what what happens? So at least if you're with fucking Kaiser Permanente, you go in and you just deal with a system mostly. You go into the system and you say, hey, can I please have can I please have medical care? System with a C. Deal with a system. And so you, uh, first of all, you can gotta make calls and say, hi, can I have some medical? And they go, okay, please hold. And then eventually they go, six months from now, we'll set you up with, uh, some dingling, uh, regular doctor. And the regular doctor goes, hmm, I don't know. Is it troublesome? And then maybe like three years from now, you eventually go get to see the non-genital dermatologist. I don't know what mm-hmm. your insurance is like, quote unquote insurance. My mm-hmm. shrink says we should just walk away from them. He says you don't what? want to get your medical care from a company that's also an insurance company. And I think he's right. Reap? Reap? We're in the zone right now. It's that time of year and I, we're, we're shopping around. Reap? Well, you know, I still have uh, <laughs> I still have uh, really good insurance for one more year. One more year. One more year. One more year, I have uh, real insurance, and then it's then I'm going to be back out into the uh, out into the cesspool, and maybe by then, uh, you know, we'll have free medical care. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe maybe by uh, by next year, we'll be living in a social estate, and I won't need to. Uh, well, none of us will. We'll, well just there will be doctors estate, everywhere. We'll also maybe get fewer cysts because of infra- infrastructure. You know, maybe, who knows? Maybe. Maybe maybe I, each one of us will have our own doctor who, who and nurse practitioner, wonder, and they follow us around hmm, with a little red wagon. Can you get a Can you get an estimate? Can you call? Are you allowed to call and get an estimate? Oh, you just get into a phone tree. <sighs> no, I, uh, the thing is, I have to make this determination first of all. Hmm. What are the chances? It's not a ganglion cyst, and it's actually finger cancer. Yeah, because that's not. It's a, not I, have, a zero. I have a friend who's dealing with that right now. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, they thought it was something else, and then it turned out to be something else? They went in, and uh, yeah, now they're going through uh, procedures for a finger cancer. It, it does no. happen. No. A really? Good, a very finger good friend cancer. of mine, yes, yes. 
Well, so no, I just put finger cancer. I can, I can hook you up with them. I mean, they're very nice. Uh, they, they, who, go the they, they go by they now. They go by they now. But oh. but they, they have okay good insurance, I think. And uh, yeah, that's that's what's what they're dealing with. Yeah. So I, this I, I, you should, you should be able to call and get an estimate. You should be able to call. I don't think so. It's like calling Comcast, and you should be able to say, I'm pretty sure something something's wrong with the DNS server, but can you check on this for me? I think you should be able to say, I have a Bible for, for comic reasons, but I prefer not to slam it into my finger pocket. Is this something where I could, could, could can I just come in and have you take care of this for me? Well, this says here, a painful finger as first sign of a malignancy. Oh, Jesus. Bone, bone metastases are frequently seen in patients with malignancies. Mm. Um. Let's see. Uh, so th- this is saying that the malignancy isn't in the hand. It's just the first sign of one that's it's about of the to hand. Kill. Yeah. An 83 year old woman was seen with pain and swelling in the right middle finger. So mm-hmm. I have the right index finger. Okay. Since three months. This is weirdly, uh, weirdly written, but it was written by a doctor. Okay. A radiograph of this finger showed a lytic lesion of the proximal phalanx. Oh. A metastasis, primary bone tumor, or mm. osteomalic. Mielitis, 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 osteomyelitis, mielitis, mielitis, osteomyelitis, osteomyelitis was considered because of a radically Watchmen. Osteomyelitis, yeah, yeah. He's he's either the smartest guy in the world, they say. Does he have a big blue penis? Yep, yep. He's got a big blue penis and a and a a a comic uh, sized cat, and he watches a lot of TV. He's got a really (laughs) cool crown. Does he live on a on a rock in space and his daughters are mad at him? Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know that one. Yeah, one of them's a robot. <laughs> yeah, one's a robot. Adopted daughter, daughter but she yeah, cares yeah, yeah, about yeah. him just as much. Hey, yeah. you know, blended families are still families. I know. Believe me. And it's got uh, Amy Pond. Amy Pond is is the robot. Uh, Amy Pond from Doctor Who is is the robot. Anyway, so how do I know that this isn't? One of those. Here's the problem. This is why I want to go to a medical practitioner who's not allowed to talk to me about serious problems. Because my concern is if you go to a regular doctor, oh, they're mm. so hyper gay bones for finding cancers and stuff. Mm. I want to go mm. into somebody. And, and you know, I told you about Jerry. Have I ever told you about Jerry the Mechanic? Jerry the Mechanic? Mm. Mm. I told you about Jerry the Mechanic. I, I just want to love about Jerry the Mechanic. First of all, he's a basically honest man. And, mm. and I know, I mean, in a good way. Like he's, he's a, at his core, an honest man. An honest man, he lives in the sunset, and he can be trusted. And here's what happens when you go in with your car to Jerry. And now, now I, I screwed this up. I did that. I screwed this up. But here's what you do. You go into Jerry, and Jerry says, okay, here's the thing. Right now, the thing you brought this in for is this. You've got this electrical problem. And uh, you know what? Uh, that's, uh, I can fix that up for you. 400 bucks, you know, whatever. Uh, but you also have this other thing that's like a little thing that we could fix, and uh, it'll cost you almost nothing. Now, what I need you to know is that your timing belt will blow out in the next Uh-oh. few months. So Oh, that's bad. You don't have to fix this today, but it's very important that you fix the timing belt. Okay? Now that's what I yeah. love about Jerry. He's honest and he breaks it down in ways that even somebody like me can understand. Now, that's it is very have. important you do fix the timing belt or you will be going back to Jerry in a year after right. your wife has yelled at you for not getting the timing belt fixed. That's wait, on me. The problem is your timing belt's going to break when you're on the when you're on the 405 or something yes. and uh, we're on the that's not when this you weekend. Want it to break. Oh. Yeah. Did your timing belt break? No, no, no. We had a oh. rental. We rented a very 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 large BMW SUV and it was quite quite a thing to be riding around Los Angeles in. Yeah. 
But what were you doing in Los Angeles? We went to my wife uh, ran a nighttime half marathon in uh, <gasps> Joshua Tree National Park. Oh, how exciting! Yeah, it was really dark, and uh, she did it. She ran thirteen miles and then just came home like a person. You know, I've been out at Joshua we, we Tree. Watched this, dark. We watched Zootopia back back at the. Uh, Back at the, oh, it's not oh, a hotel. Oh, it's, it's more of an inn, but they have a wonderful inn in Twenty Nine Palms that I can highly yeah, recommend. Do. Well, it's great because you go there if you're having an affair with a marine. Yes, there's a lot of dollar oh, stores and marines. Do you know, Merlin, that it was a pizza parlor in Twenty Nine Palms where I developed the pizza for the table technology? Shut the fuck up! It was Twenty Nine Palms. Twenty Nine Palms. 29 Palms was the first place I ever ordered pizza for the table. Holy shit. I wish I, see, I, my problem is I don't tell people when I do things until I've done it. And then sometimes yeah. I still don't. Right. But right. I'm going to trust our listeners not to be a creep and try to form patterns. But no. we, we how, how are they ever going to form a pattern that you guys are going every once in a while to Joshua Tree to run a midnight marathon? You could go scrape DNA. You could scrape DNA. You could you could go through the trash and stuff. Like who knows? Oh yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, there's sure. No, there's no limits. I mean, I, I but but Jerry, the thing I loved about Jerry was bet on me for not getting the timing belt fixed. But as long as we had need of Jerry, he was good to us. And I kind of want right. that from a doctor. I want them. No, I want them. I get it. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think this is so. You know, deal with me. This take me how I am. You know what I'm saying? I'm just as God my, made me, sir. My doctor as a kid was uh, my doctor for my whole kidness, for me my too. whole for my whole kiditude. Yep, me too. And he knew everything about me. And uh, when it was, and, and of course, when it was when I was going through puberty, uh, he who was seventy and my dad who was seventy stood there and he said. You know, uh, and then he, he said, uh, you know, uh, Dave, why don't you take a walk? I'm going to talk to John. And my dad was like, all right. And, I, and it was obvious that they had conspired on something. And the doctor wheeled forward in his squeaky chair and he was like, now let's talk about, let's talk about what's happening to your body. And I was like, uh, no, thank you. No, I'm fine. <laughs> it's you, so bright in here. It's so bright like, in here. Can we not? Do you have a pamphlet or something that I could read? I really learned by breath? reading. Did he have coffee breath? <laughs> oh, he, they all smoked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, be, you know, I'm, you're going to be feeling some new feelings that might seem a little strange to you. <laughs> I'm not one of those. Oh no, what it was was he was giving me the late bloomer conversation. Oh, he was like, why there's no like, hair down there? There are some guy. There are some boys <laughs> who mature faster than other boys. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I got it. I got it. I, honestly, I really do learn a lot better by reading. I promise it's, your balls are going to drop. Your balls are going like, to drop someday. You're fine. Let me tell you, you're a normal young man. I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know. I know. Yeah, I okay. know. I'm still, okay. Okay. I'm cool. th listen, these are the best years of my life. Yeah, I know. Beep, 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 beep. I'm enjoying them while I, while they do last. you find you have sensitive nipples? <laughs> Sir, <laughs> excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> I have these pamphlets for you. And listen, if you ever get a mouse mouse on your head, make sure you get it taken care of. <laughs> when I was in puberty mm -hmm. for about a year, I routinely was misgendered by people. Uh, Is this when you look at a scallop? Uh, no, no, no. It was it was pre. It was before my jaw got long, right? So I was I still had a child's face. And I would, I was, you know, I had kind of plumped, but also, as you say, my nipples were sensitive and my body was, was, you know, like morphing in different, uh, uh, at different rates. Yeah. And, 
And it happened all the time. People were like, you know, like um, young. They called me young lady a few oh, times. No. Uh, some other boys were like, is that a boy or a girl? You know, mm-hmm. like yelled at me across the playground. Did you have a big butt? Yeah, I think I was. I had a, I had I a think big that's butt. a lot had, of it. A lot of it is like little breasts. Yeah, you get little, you know? little breasts, sensitive nipples, big butt. And I think because yeah. your body's, it's almost like, again, back to Warner Brothers cartoons, it's like, poop, poop, poop. Different stuff is Blip, plopping up, out at different rates. And it can be very confusing to people, uh, especially you. But I had one of those blonde, like, Cousin Oliver haircuts. Is this, can I ask a question? I, this would yeah, help me a lot. So the cover of The Worst You Can Do Is Harm is you right. and the Alice in Wonderland a teacup ride at Disneyland, correct? Right. Circa 76, probably 76. Okay, so you're about, 75. so you're, what would be, you'd be ten, uh, eight in that picture? But, about? Yeah, between eight, between eight. eight. Okay. Yeah, probably so eight. So it's after, yeah. it's after that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but you know, it wasn't, I didn't start looking like a boy until I was in... 10th grade, maybe mm. not even 10th grade in 10th grade. I looked like John Denver. It mm-hmm. was 11th grade, 11th grade before I really started looking like a boy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was 11th grade before I even started acting like a boy. <laughs> so I used to get that. And you know, and the doctor is just like, don't worry. And I'm like, I'm worried about a lot, but I'm, you're not yeah. helping. I wasn't worried until you told me not to worry. <laughs> this is yeah, the problem with I, medical care. All I want to do is go home. Mm-hmm. But the problem with this particular medical care is that I don't anymore have a mechanic who's like, you're not, you don't need to, well, you know, what I have is an architect. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? I lucked out in the, in the grand scheme of things and, uh, and a good friend of the program and of us, my, my, uh, motorcycle, uh, adventure, uh, facilitator friend, mm-hmm. Ben King, the architect. Yeah. Is, it's great to have an architect around. And we had a conversation yesterday where he was like, well, are you going to change the pipes? And I was like. Uh, and it wasn't one of these two twenty two twenty one conversations because I do know a thing or two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I didn't wasn't going to change the pipes, but if I have the walls down, mm-hmm. I'd be dumb not to change the pipes, right? It's a timing belt thing. Oh, 100%. I mean, that was that was the thing with, uh, again, back to the VW. Uh, I used to have the VW bus, and there's a time we had uh, – and you could pull out your own engine with two scissor jacks. Like, it was great. You I just, you just roll the days. bus away, and there's your engine. But as long as you're doing that, if you're going to replace the gaskets on the head – Might as well. You might, there's a whole bunch of other stuff you might as well do if you're pulling the engine. Fix all the things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do do a little bit of a cowboy tune mm-hmm. on it. Cowboy tune ben, is that is that like ben an Italian K- run through? No, Ben King did that to me one time when the RV wasn't running right. We had the we had the the top off the motor, and it was all it was the timing was all screwed up, and nobody could figure out how to how to get the timing right <laughs> because in order to get under there and shoot the timing gun at the at the flywheel or whatever, you couldn't see, <laughs> you couldn't look down at it. There wasn't any way to see. And so a couple of guys had tried to, to, to set the timing on this thing and nobody could ever figure it out. And we were sitting there looking at them, you know, the motor's going like, Oh, that sounds and, like timing. Uh, that sounds like a timing issue. Yeah, it was, it was a real timing issue. And mm-hmm. Ben uh, leaned in and he grabbed the, the distributor cap and he just turned it with his hand slowly until and the motor was like, and he was oh like, that's God. about it. Whoa. And they said, what? And he was like, yeah, you just cowboy tune. Cowboy like, tune. Cowboy tune. Oh, that would cover so many things in my life where I just need a cowboy tune. 
Right. And That's funny because like, that reminds me. And so the phrase I use, the Italian run through, uh, which might be racist. A friend of mine, uh, uh, he uh, he talks about when you're going to do a presentation and you've been practicing and practicing, you've been doing practicing the presentation over and over, and then like you don't want to over practice, like especially on the day of. You, he says you want to do the Italian run through. You do the Ital- that way with guitar. You do you, you don't feel that way? So there's practice and there's rehearsal. Is what you're saying. Well, also, you know, if you're if you're indie rock, if you're grunge, you don't want to like over know music, you know. Oh, what I mean? absolutely. And so, yeah, Italian it, run throughs when you just kind of go you dip, 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 you go through, and the Italian run through. I don't know, it just makes total sense to me, and it's very similar, I think, to the cowboy tune. Different Italian run throughs. This like a, is that like a reference to their to their system of government? Yeah, you run around those Mini Coopers, uh, have a heist. <laughs> yeah, but I'm the, doing uh, Italian, Italian run through yeah. right now because, um, so you know, I get asked to play shows. Not very often anymore, but I got asked to play this Neil Young show, uh, which is like a big, it's one of these big things that happens in Seattle all the time where it's like, let's get everybody together and everybody plays a song. Take a load off. Oh, I see. It's one of those tribute things you do. Yeah. And they're, they're kind of a pain in the ass because all you, you know, because you work all this time, you have to stand around backstage and all you do is walk out, play one song. It's like recording, it's like recording a multi-track 10 second song. It's like so much work goes into something for so little product. It's 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 hard, but but the nights themselves are amazing, and this already was one of these great nights where mm-hmm. you know Kim Thale's going to be there, and it's everybody in the town is all getting together. Would you do a then, solo acoustic song? Solo acoustic song, except oh. there's a band, there's a backing band okay. that's there, and they've learned every song, and so they're all set up, and they're a bunch of hot players, and you walk out, and you're like, hey, it's kind of like the it's like the last waltz thing I do, yeah. Um, but you walk out and you just you're standing in front of this really great band, so you kind of can't lose as long as you don't fuck up. Yeah. But last week they said, "Oh, surprise announcement! We've added Dave Bazan to the bill and also Dave Matthews." Yeah. And, and it's like Dave Matthews has lived in Seattle for years, mm-hmm. but he never does any of these things. Hmm. Like you see him in restaurants. He's kind he of a big deal, right? Things. He's a big deal. Okay. He's big. He's like I mean, he's still he's you, still got he's still like a, a pretty big deal. You could argue. I mean, he is absolutely one of the biggest rock stars in Seattle ever. Mm-hmm. And I'm I don't know if you okay. Let's let's just ask the internet. Ed Ved mm-hmm. versus Dave Matthews. Let's see what that what happens if you just put that in there. I Eddie think I think DMB, DM of DMB. I think he's a pound for pound, probably a bigger deal. You think so? I mean, this is. I'm not going to search net worth. I'm not going to do it because it's not only inaccurate, it's creepy. But right. Ed Ved, but uh, boy, I'd like Eddie to be bigger. He seems like such a nice guy. Well, I mean, I I just did it. I just. He's did also on my favorite episode ever of Portlandia. This says Robbie Williams is worth three hundred million dollars. Robbie Williams, the 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 singer from the yeah, the from song that one that. song, yep. right, right, right. Take that, and then he had that uh, song in nineteen ninety nine about the uh, uh, end of the millennium or whatever. Yeah, but nobody in America Robbie, cares about Robbie Williams. He's no. worth three hundred million, which is what James Hetfield is worth, which is what Eric Clapton is worth. Robbie Williams is worth the same amount as Eric Clapton. Oh, that doesn't that seems disproportionate, John. So, uh, so Dave Matthews also three hundred million. So is Bjorn Ulvaeus of uh, of Abba. See now, I could see Bjorn and Benny because Bjorn and Betty, Benny 
they did a little switcheroo where they got all the writing credit. I'm pretty sure them and that producer who also has a Swedish name, the three of them, yeah. I think got writing credit for everything. And as you know, that's where the money is. Okay. But here's the flipperoo on you. Are you ready? Yeah. Bjorn. And then one above him is on Friedlingstad. Really? Not otherwise, the, known not, as, otherwise known as Frida. Frida. And she is also worth $300 million and that's above uh, that's above Benny. Uh, well, I don't I understand that. Adam Clayton, Roger Waters. This is a crazy Adam list. Clayton. The Adam Edge, Clayton. Keith Richards. Adam Clayton from the band U2. Yeah, Ringo Starr. Yeah, okay, Mick Jagger is up there. I don't think Sting, of course, number seven. I don't think we're going to find Ed Vett up here. John Bon Jovi, Elton John, John bon Jovi. thank goodness. Thank goodness I want Elton John up there. What about the but, but Bernie? I feel like Bernie Toppin should get more credit than he gets. He does. He should. But he, he does. really should. I mean, I mean like everybody thinks of, man. like, you know, I, I'm still, I've had this like three month long obsession with the song Tiny Dancer, which is maybe my ultimate Mona Lisa song that I did not appreciate enough my whole life. But it's a such a good song. I still I listen to his version. I listen to the Florence and the Machine version, which is sublime. Um, but you know, the reason, I mean, I love the music a lot, especially that pre-chorus, the pre-chorus on that is so good, but the, the mm -hmm. lyrics are so good on Elton John songs. And I think maybe I'm projecting, but I think a lot of people just think of them as Elton John songs. Well, but unfortunately also some of the lyrics on Elton John songs are really bad. Lay me, bad. lay me down in sheets of linen is a line that I find very perplexing. Mm, that's nice. What though? else could I it mean, be? Lay me, could it be like sheets of saran wrap or sheets of paper? Like it's... Cotton, have cotton poly blend. Yeah. Lay me down in sheets of cotton poly blend. That's probably closer to what most people's lives are like. But also, also, you know, linen is what you wrap up a body in, right? What? What? Don't you? Don't you? Do, yeah, you wrap like a dead body in linen. Isn't that some traditional thing? I think so. It might be. It might be a portent of death. Dead body in linen. Could, could that's what good lyrics do. Bernie Toppin. Okay, and so no Edved. No, now, but you know, number three on the list above the boss, Jimmy yeah. Buffett, because he has that. Uh, Senor James Buffet, he's well, he's got yeah. a whole empire, you know. Well, he's got all those shrimp, shrimps shacks. Yeah, he's got he's got he's shrimps. got the musical. He's got a musical. Uh, his boss right. is on Broadway. He's got uh, anyway. He's got, then uh, yeah, we go. got well. Then we got Bono and we got Paul McCartney at the top. But what we don't have is Ed Ved anywhere around here. Is Ed Ved the primary songwriter? Uh, well, he's the lyricist and that's, as you know, like half the, half the cash goes to the lyrics, but no, I think the, I think the band, oh wow, this says Eddie's only worth a hundred million, but Dave Matthews is worth three times. He's worth three Eddie Vedders? Yeah. That doesn't anyway, seem so, just. Well, it's, it is what I mean, it I'm is. glad, what I'm glad anybody, do? that's a lot of money and good for them, but like, yeah. now Ringo, now thing is Ringo's going to get his dough from having written like, well, let's see. What's one of the ones he actually wrote? Did he write Octopus's Garden? I don't think he did. No. He didn't write Max, Max or, uh, not Maxwell Silverhammer. What am I thinking of? Oh, Help from My Friends is Lennon McCartney, I believe. Yeah. But what I about mean, what gets, about the song like Photograph? Did he write Photograph? Uh, by Def Leppard? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's better to burn out than fade away. <laughs> fade away. You should cover <laughs> that. That would be so I'm on this bill and now it was me and a bunch of my friends. And, you know, like, obviously if you get Kim Thale on a show from Soundgarden, Kim Thale's the guy like, with the beard. He's the guy with the beard. And, he's a good and, you know, guitar he doesn't player. Play, 
He's good. He doesn't play the, that kind of thing very often. Yeah, but and so young, when come if, on. He's on the thing. It's a little bit of a like, oh, yeah, we got Kim to do it. And actually, it was kind of a bummer because when they said, what song do you want to do? I was like, Cinnamon Girl, because the Long Winners used to do it. And they were like, ah, Kim already asked for that. Oh, shit. So I kind of got I got bumped bumped a little bit, but that's understandable. And it was not bumped probably by seniority. It was just he got there first. Well, did you, did yeah. you, I, could, could, did you, hmm, boy, I can tell you the songs I'd want to eat. Oh, oh man. You could oh, do, so you could do a lot of love. Uh-huh. You could do, you could do, um, you could do, don't, 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 tell me why, tell me why would be really good. That's super fun to play. And, and bonus points, John, you could use the riff. Oh, you mean the the, you could do the dumb the dumb the, the dumb digga digga long dumb totally um, fits in that song. That one? Yes. Well, so what I did well, choose. Well, do the, the walk up. You could do the the G A B C if you're playing it in C. The G A B C walk up. Boom, 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 boom. Right. That's how, how the song starts. I chose a I chose a totally different song. <gasps> what era? Oh, Wait, let me song, guess. What era? What era? What era? What the song required, I'll, I'll I'll zoom in for you because because uh, because usually what I do at the events like this is I, I I practice it the night before, and then I show up and I'm backstage and I'm trying to remember the lyrics and I'm kind of strumming the guitar and I'm like what is that? how does the song go shit 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 and then then I'm on stage yeah and sometimes I'm reading the lyrics off the back of my hand that I you know wrote with a sharpie and sometimes I'm just like woohoo but you know it's like I've for a long time I've thought oh don't over practice mm-hmm. but. But I want to do a good job on this one because I haven't done a lot of shows lately. And I yeah. feel like, what are you doing with your life? I know, anyway, I know. the band called, that's the backup band. And this isn't happening until Thanksgiving. The band called in the in the form of Mike Musburger, who is arranging the band. Mike Musburger, original mm-hmm. drummer of the Posies, your your favorite band, the Posies. Is Carl Block going to be there? Carl Block? He's got to be I'm there. I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. He's <laughs> anyway, Musburger said... Hey, uh, I'm putting the band together, trying to figure out what everybody needs. Are you going to play the harmonica, or should I get a harmonica player? Well, hmm. this was this was quite a question, I thought, because I don't know how to play the harmonica. But either did Bob Dylan or Neil Young, really. It I adds mean, a level know. of difficulty. Right. You know, it adds a level of difficulty for a man with your fingers and coordination. It adds a new layer of difficulty, though, to doing a good job with singing and playing guitar. It sure does. It really super does. It would be cool for you to go up there and be able to do like a Thunder Road type opening. But if you're playing guitar and singing and want to be good, that's a, that's a big, big ask. Well, so here's the thing, though. I have forever. So the first, so when I left Anchorage and was first Hitchhiking across the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Summer of 1986. Mm-hmm. Out there on those long American blue highways. Mm-hmm. Trying to find that lost America. America was falling I'm... in love with Goose and Maverick. I yeah, that I was. Summer. Take sure. my breath Oof. away. I was 17. Mm. And I was going to be. You know what I, I mean? was going to find. Mm-hmm. I was going to. Get on down that long, lonesome highway. And mm-hmm. I was going to, you know, I was trucking and I had my <laughs> chips cashed in. Everything. Uh-huh. All about it. And I remember I was walking along a stretch of road. And I was making, now bear with me. Yeah. I was making harmonica sounds 
with my mouth. I was going because <laughs> I didn't have a heartbeat. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I was and I was writing blues songs in my head. Uh-huh. Cuz that's about the level I was at, sure. you know, like P- P- pentatonic down, uh pentatonic hobo miming, yeah. Hobo hobo. Walking down that lonesome road. Just bending that fifth. <laughs> dropping that heavy load. <laughs> you know, I had all my 17-year-old blues going on. Yes. And I remember saying to myself, now this is exactly in the same category of what in about 1982 when I said I was I hated the fact that everybody loved the TV show Dallas so much. I just hated everything about it. Mm-hmm. I just I just instinctively didn't like the because there are a lot of Texans in Alaska and mm-hmm. that whole materialism, that gross kind of soap opera. I was like, I'm never going to Dallas. I made a pact with myself when I was 13, never going to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And then one, then early on in the long winter's years, we booked a tour and I looked at the tour routing and it had Dallas on it. And I honestly, you know, this is 20 years later. I was like, well, what am I going to do? I made a pact. I'm never going to Dallas. Uh And the entire tour up, up to going to Dallas, I was fretting about it, thinking like, well, I, you know, you're being I disloyal been to, to your, to your vision and promise. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want, and I was like, well, maybe the Dallas date will get canceled. Maybe there'll be a flood. And until we were <laughs> leaving Austin headed North, I had just been like, well, something will happen. You know, I, it was too late to call and say I couldn't do the show. And so I, I, so I said, you know, I turned the stereo off and I was like, Hey guys, I need to talk to you. And the band was like, what's up, man? I was like, I made a pact when I was 12 or 13 that I would never go to Dallas. And now we're driving into Dallas today and I just don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, credit to the band. They took the problem seriously and everybody was like, well, how do we, what do we do? Like, how do we sell, how do we make this going into Dallas thing? How do we make this a healing experience rather than like a betrayal? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, I don't know, and I don't know who it was, Sean or Eric. Somebody said like, well, why don't we all, why don't we stop and buy cowboy boots? We'll all get cowboy boots. And I was like, that's a great idea. And so we pulled over. As soon as we crossed into Dallas, we pulled over at one of those giant cowboy boot stores, mm-hmm. and everybody bought cowboy boots. Hmm. Sean, Sean Nelson walking around in cowboy boots. Oh, it wasn't Sean, right? Because that's inconceivable. So no, it was. Um, <laughs> no, I, I can see. Actually, I can definitely see Eric in cowboy boots. I think it was the tour where we were with Ken Stringfellow, and Ken bought cowboy boots. Eric, Michael, and I all got cowboy boots. Chris I remember Canelia. Michael when I would. Yeah, so that that works for me because I do remember Michael stomping around in cowboy boots when y'all were here yeah. that first time. He he loved them. He loved mm-hmm. them. He ended up. But so so this was a. This was a similar situation. I was out on the highway making uh, fake harmonica sounds, trying to trying to ease my load, mm-hmm. my heavy load. Yeah. And I said, as I'm walking along, I said, as soon as I get to a town, as soon as I get someplace, I'm going to buy a harmonica hmm. because I because I want to know how to play the harmonica. 
I believe it is a good, it's a good instrument to have along every, you know, uh, uh, let me ask you this, Merlin, Mm -hmm. who is more welcome at any gathering than somebody that can whip out a harmonica? No one. It's the opposite of a banjo player. Absolutely. If you are with any group of people and you Mm -hmm. pull out a harmonica and can play it well, it's the least, it's the least objectionable instrument uh, not true for recorder, certainly not true, as we say. The problem is not, I said this to my daughter just this weekend. I said the problem, I think I learned from John Roderick, the problem is not banjos, the problem is banjo players. Banjo, uh-huh. banjo, put it away. Put that away. Don't do that. Recorder, no, thank you. No, nobody's carrying around a recorder. If That's you terrible. can carry around a piano, people like to hear a piano, but even a guitar is not going to beat a harmonica. Mm-mm, no, a harmonica? If you're sitting around outside at a party and you're like, yeah. Pull out a harmonica and just kind of, oh, come on. It's like, ugh. Also, people I are mean, probably less likely to ask if uh, they can do a jam. Oh, can I play Don't Go Back to Rockville on your guitar? No, no. Exactly. No, no, no. They're not going to ask to borrow your harmonica. That's right. And if they are play, if somebody is like don't being blow, shitty. Don't blow, don't blow another man's harmonica is what I say. If somebody is at a party and they're playing the acoustic guitar and they're being, a, they're kind of like ruining the party by being that person. Mm-hmm. And you pull out a harmonica and go a little, you know, like, mm-hmm. Give a little like honk on it. Mm-hmm. Wow! Did, did you learn, you did you learn made... how to do chords yet with your tongue? Oh, Press your press your tongue against it. Don't, don't blow one hole. Put your tongue against down. it, and you'll make a nice chord. <laughs> it's hard when you get up to anyway. the higher registers. <laughs> so I had played what as I, a kid. As a kid, I had a Honer harmonica that I got as a stocking stuffer, and I and I tried to get good at it, and it was really fun. It's a great instrument. I've had fifty harmonicas, but I've hmm. never been able to do anything more than go. <laughs> anyway, that's all. It seems like that's all Bob Dylan is doing either. But what I didn't do on that day when I got to the next town, which I think was Stanwood, Washington, or Bend, Oregon, or somewhere. I did not go buy a harmonica. And ever since that day, there's been a thing in my head that's right up there with the, why didn't you graduate from college? Why haven't you finished your book? When's the next long winner's record? And it is. You had a window. You You had a window and you blew it. Yeah. Why didn't you ever, why didn't you learn to play harmonica when you were 17? Mm -hmm. That's when you learn to play harmonica when you're 17. And you're out on the road where you can learn to play the harmonica and not bother anybody. Yeah. Yeah. You're just all by yourself out in a field. You'd be honking on a harmonica all day. Mm-hmm. Didn't do it. So when Mike Busberger asked me, are you going to play the harmonica or do I need to hire a harmonica player, a harmonicist? <laughs> I said, a harmonicist? A harmonicist. <laughs> a sebaceous harmonicist. C-Y-S-T. Trademark. I said, you know what, Mike? I'm going to learn to play the harmonica to play this show. And he was like, okay. Chick, I'll talk to you later because he's putting together a band. He's he's backing up fifteen guys. He's calling, um, he's calling Shelby Earl tomorrow and like, what do you need? And she's mm. like, I don't know, fourteen tambourine players. Or he's like Dave Matthews Band. What do you yeah. need? And so anyway, I bought a harmonica in the correct key. I bought a harmonica rack, and I've been walking like one around. This, one of those Anakin Skywalker things that you like, yeah. like, like Neil Young and Bob Dylan. Yeah. Yes. Wow. that's right. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I am, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm playing my song, and I'm trying to both learn the harmonica and learn the song and learn to play the guitar and the <laughs> harmonica at the same time. 
what could possibly go wrong? And I have three weeks. Uh-huh. Okay. So if I can, I mean, I, in three weeks, Merlin, you know, I learned mm-hmm. Arabic in three weeks. Hmm. Um, I can, you know, I can learn to do it. Yeah. I just have to. So, so I'm walking around the house in my stocking feet playing the same four notes over and over on both the guitar and the harmonica, just trying to get the like swing, you mm-hmm. know, just trying to get the swing of it. And, um, I feel like I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull it off. And Good. Dave Matthews is going to be there. I've, you know, I've only met him one time, mm-hmm. but this, is, this nice. is, he's very nice. And this is how he's going to remember me. He's going to be like, because the thing is the, the first time I met Eddie Vetter, mm-hmm. I, I, I left an impression, I think that I was an, that I was, um, that I was what? Uh, that I was um, mm. taking the piss. I was taking the piss. Oh, did you? Uh, did you big time him? No, 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 not that. Uh, it was. Uh, we did a. We did You're having event. a laugh. You're having a laugh. I was having a laugh. Mm-hmm. I was ha- having a little bit of a laugh. We did an event where it was called "Burn to Shine," where they burn down a house, and before they burn it down, they uh, all a bunch of musicians come in and play in the abandoned house, <laughs> and. Uh, and Eddie Vedder was there, and Dave Bazan was there, as a matter of fact, and Ben Gibbard, and uh, the Long Winters. And I was just, I don't know what, I was in a mood. At that point in my life, I showed up, I was dressed in a in a Canadian tuxedo. And Jean Jean? for the event, Jean Jean, mm-hmm. Jean and before and for the event, ex- just for the event, I went and borrowed a guitar that had a whammy bar. <laughs> and I played You're the entire song. I played the entire song, <laughs> and the the band was really. I, I like turned everybody up really loud, and you know Eddie Vedder's playing a ukulele, and uh-huh. and everybody else was playing acoustic guitar, and I'm like one, two, three, and just play the entire song. Like, wow, 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 and it like I, I, it infuriated everybody. I'm sure. I mean, I like when that when that whole thing came out, it was released, and there were people that wrote me concerned letters, like, "Are you all right?" Like that was really terrible, and I was like, "I don't know, man." Wow, wow, wow! I never watched it. It sounds, it yeah. sounds. But anyway, that was the impression that I think I made with Eddie the first time we met. Was like, "Oh yeah, you guys are, you guys are amazing." Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make that mistake with Dave Matthews. Oh no, this is, you get you really get one. Sh- you know, they say uh, you know, there's only one chance to make a first impression. Can you get a whammy bar for that? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, wait. So this. Uh. Uh-huh. I fucking, I, God. Oh. What era? What era? What era? The problem is, this is the wrong key. And oh. this is what's screwing you up. This I don't is think a that's C a key, harmonica. just for what it's worth. This is, this is a C harmonica, and I should be playing it on a G harmonica. But somebody, some yeah. uh, listener to the Omnibus Project sent me his grandfather's Marine Band uh, harmonica, and yeah. it's, it's in a key so anyway i have it laying here it uh, kind of tastes like lapsang sushong <laughs> just like bob's mom used to make 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> she lived in a bookcase. 